0: everybody and welcome back to another episode of watching the boxes fantasy basketball podcast hosted by hashtag basketball.com your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entire internet and guess what it is time to do fantasy basketball analysis that is now is the time for you to be doing that so guess what you can just go to hashtag basketball.com they got free tools there that will help you out and they have a very reasonably priced premium service that will help you during your draft and help you manage your uh many many leagues that i'm sure you're joining and drafting for very very soon enough of that let's talk about our basketball analysis i'm your host mike catchin joining me as always is my co-host tyler p watts what's up tyler Michael,
1: it is a good day to be alive. Um, how do you okay. like this pick? Like, I, so he, so be this person we're doing. Um, I don't know if that's a spoiler. You probably can read, so it's probably not.
0: It's it's in the title. Um, let me give him the spiel. We're in our Who Do I Draft series. Thank you for listening. I'm sure you've been listening, but if you haven't been, we do. This is the most highly sought after segment that we do here at Watching the Boxes. Uh, we go and take the first round players and we build a team uh, pick by pick through the first six seven rounds based on a standard league twelve team head to head league nine cat based on the ADPs on Yahoo and we're looking at the third pick right now. Sitting here at the third pick. 3.7 by the way. Giannis is 3.5. Joel Embiid's 3.7 so technically Joel Embiid is the third pick. Um how do I feel about Joel Embiid at the third pick? I don't hate it because I do think Joel Embiid has a chip on his shoulder this season. And I think there are health concerns about pretty much everybody in the top, um, I mean, two through eight, I would say. Um, and, or like games played concerns. How about that? And I don't know. If you got to pick a pony, Joel Embiid is. Is an absolute dominant center, and I really, really like starting my uh, my, my league out, my draft out right with a dominant center because centers go fat like fast in the third round, fast in the fifth round, they go at weird times, and usually you are reaching down for a center to fill that role when you go guard guard at the top. And now you don't got to do that because you got Joel and Beats in there, uh, in your center spot. destroyer of worlds.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't know. I just feel like for me,
0: I... Are you not a fan of Joel Embiid? I I hope he's not listening.
1: Oh, I would not say that, right? I love watching Joel Embiid play. I just feel like for me, even like one of his teammates is somebody I'd probably a little bit rather have than James Harden. Like, There's nothing really against Embiid, right? I just feel like it's Easier to backfill rebounds than it is to backfill assists.
0: That's a fact. That's and, very and true. So,
1: I like to get kind of an elite assist person, right? That's why I don't have any problems with Jokic, number one, right? Because he still gets you those elite assists. But, like, give me a Curry, give me a Harden, give me somebody who's going to get you elite assists over somebody who's going to get you elite rebounds.
0: Yeah, Harden's going at pick number eight, and that's a much saucier uh, pick, right? You're getting a guy who could be the second best player. Um, I mean, they're theoretically he could be the number one player in fantasy again, right? And you're getting him at, the, at Harden at the eighth pick. That's that's pretty crazy. Joel Embiid, you are paying. I would say like it's weird to say like I'm paying um at his normal price because like yeah, he's a first round pick. He's like an MVP of the league, pretty much. Like that's what he's going to be going for. This season, he's going to be going for that MVP, and he, if he stays healthy, right? Um, what I actually don't like about this pick is not Joel Embiid; it's picking third. I I don't know if I I don't like picking third. I, I like picking that, like we said, six, seven, eight spot. You can't be if you can't get Jokic at number one. That six, seven, eight spot, you're going to get Curry, you're going to get Harden, you're going to get somebody good.
1: Well, and I think too, it's just that. I don't know. Like if you said who is the number two player in fantasy at the end of the season right now, like if you were like, Oh, it's Giannis. Oh, it's Joel. Oh, it's Luka Doncic. Oh, it's Kevin Grant. Oh, it's Steph Curry. Oh, it's James Harden. It's yeah. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. I'll buy that. Um, I feel like I want to be in the back part of that just because then, you know, somebody else has done all the picking and then I get to pick sooner in the second round, which is really what I want. Um, but yeah, I don't really mind Joel here. Like, I think Joel's proven enough at, you know, like, he's going to play the same-ish games as the other guys in this range, right, which is still not a lot. But, like, you know, he did play a career 68 games last year. And he's just been so good for the last couple years that it's, like, impossible to n- deny him as a top pick here. Um, so I don't hate it. I just don't love it. Like, I don't want to be picking third, like you said. I just don't.
0: I don't want to be picking third either, but if I have to pick third, you get and you go with Joel Embiid, right? You're getting a guy who's going to be, you know, top like three or four in rebounds overall. Um, yeah, you can backfill rebounds later, but you're starting out so strong. You're getting good blocks. You're getting over a steal a game. You're getting over a three-pointer a game. You're getting great percentages. Thirty points a game, Tyler. 30, 30 points a game, and four assists from your from your center. Like. All of those things are incredibly finished third overall last season. it's You could do worse. You certainly could do worse. Um, and that's why, you know, if you take Joel Embiid third overall, I don't like to play the game, um, oh, well, he's had an injury history, or, like, well, he only played 68 games, or, like, Kevin Durant only played 55 games last season. There's, like, really no true, like, you know, like, Just because he was injured last year doesn't mean he's going to get injured this year. doesn't mean he's not going to get injured next year, right? Jokic pretty healthy until, you know, maybe this year. We're not going to win. Hopefully not. Dame healthy most of his career until he wasn't, right? There's no predicting this stuff. So, you know, don't sweat it. Like, don't be like, I think, uh, you know, this is the year Embiid gets injured and then you pass up on him at like 8 or 9 or 10, right? That would be a terrible idea. Um, But, like. Like I said, if I got Joel Embiid at like 7, 8, 9, 10, I'd be happy about that too. We're taking him third overall simply because we are playing. Who do I draft? That's how we play. We look at the ADP on Yahoo. And our next pick in the second round to build this team around Joel Embiid, uh, elite points, rebounds, good blocks, good everything else, really. At the 22nd pick, this is who we have available, according to Yahoo ADPs. We got BAM, out of bio, Donovan Mitchell. We got, um, let's see, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, Donna Sabonis, Kawhi Leonard, Fred Van Fleet, Rudy Gobert, Darius Garland, Jimmy Butler. Uh, We might be falling into another, I would say, another trap here within our ADPs because, once again, the best player on the board is Kawhi Leonard.
1: Yeah, and Kawhi is going to be the best player available on the board here, pretty much all of these, right? Because he's literally not going in the second round. And how is Kawhi Leonard not a second round player? Kawhi Leonard might be a first round player. I'd say Kawhi Leonard is closer to a first round player than he is a third round player. So I don't understand that. Um, so, you know, the question is do we take him or not? The question in your draft should always be take Kawhi Leonard. There's really nothing to worry about. He's Kawhi Leonard, he's good. Um, he had a freak ACL injury, right? Like, yeah, it was a big injury, but like, w- what is there to worry about? Like, nothing. Yeah, some games. I sure. think a lot of people Whatever.
0: are going to go, "Ooh, Kawhi Leonard and Joel Embiid, uh, should I worry about those games played?" Like I said, we just like we just said, you can't predict this. You just can't. Kawhi Leonard could play seventy games this season. Who knows? Maybe not. Embiid could play seventy games this season. Maybe not. I. Like I said, who knows? You might say, I don't want to take that kind of risk with Kawhi Leonard or Angel Embiid. Okay, don't. Don't do that. That's perfectly fine. Um, if I added DeJounte Murray into the mix here, would that change your mind at all?
1: Oh, because I don't want DeJounte Murray in the second round.
0: A little early, isn't it? He's going 21st okay. overall.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't want that. Um, honestly, like, if you're saying. Kawhi is not available. That maybe you know there's a sharp in this league who picked Kawhi a little sooner. Sure. Um, the, the person I might pick was probably a little surprising to you. I I would guess. Um, I'd be Fred VanVleet.
0: Love Fred VanVleet. Fred VanVleet. When you uh, by the way, when you ignore field goal percentages, like a top twelve player, um, you're kind of building the complement right here to Joel Embiid. Um, Joel Embiid, 50% at volume. Uh, shooter, 30 points. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, second rounder, only 20 points per game, right? So you're you're, you're balanced out at 25, which is elite, by the way. Um, and then also Fred Van Fleet, gonna hit crazy three pointers, is gonna get you close to seven assists, is gonna give you crazy steals on top of the one steal that Joel Embiid is already giving you. And now you've you've kind of built an absolutely um I'd say like a nine category if you go with Fred Van Fleet here.
1: Yeah, that's why I like it, right? Like I just I, I feel like it's a it's a good it's a good complementary piece that kind of balances out and gets you to maybe not like top top in a lot of categories but it gets you where you're the you know in a 12-team league you're the you know two teams are maybe better than you in like every category but you're pretty elite in every category
0: we can go really any direction this point we can build on bigs we can build on guards we can build on forwards um, the best part is is that we can um, go where the draft takes us. and that's, I think the hardest part to predict here. And that's why we, uh, you know, we're always gonna go with quiet Leonard if he's on the board, right? Let's just say in this draft he's not. Someone like you're saying, some sharp comes in, takes him uh, early in the second round and you he doesn't he doesn't get back to you, right? Uh, that's gonna happen. Every single draft, if you've been doing the 100 to 200 mock drafts that I've been telling you to do each day, every single draft is going to be different. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. And you've got to be prepared to, um, I would say, you know, zig when you need to zag and, 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 and uh, change direction uh, with the flow of the draft. If you show up with your first two picks with a punting strategy, and the tides turn against your punting strategy. Someone else is doing the same thing. They're picking uh, you know ahead of you, they take the guys you want. Well guess what? You're you're fucked. So don't show up with a punt strategy. Like we never do that here at watching the Boxes. We want to build a well-rounded team and we want to go in the with the flow of the draft. And the flow of the draft is taking us into the third round. Pick number 27 here is who is available. Rudy Gobert, Darius Garland. Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy G Buckets. G stands for gets. Pascal Siakam. DeMar DeRozan. Cade Cunningham. Bradley Beal. Chris Paul. Vujovic. Aiton. Jalen Brown. I'm not going to go any further than that. Tyler. We got Embiid. We got our big center. We're well-rounded with Fred Van Fleet. Like I said, we can go in any direction here. Um, I like J- Jimmy Butler's well-undervalued. In this particular space, Rudy Gobert would be uh, become make us big man dominant. Uh, I think we can handle his lack of scoring at this point. I, I think, uh, though, I think I do want a score here. Um, I, I like. I mean, it's It's gonna be hard for me not to pick Jimmy Butler, even though his games played are going to be, you know, same as Jimmy Butler's games played are always harder, right, a little bit below sixty. Yeah, so
1: um, we could talk about Butler for a second. Um, played how many games last year? Do you know? 57. And he finished where? Do you know?
0: For game Total. 16th overall totals, put a guess 29. 31st. Oh, God. I'm, st- I'm good at that, Tyler.
1: So, again, like, is he going to play less than 57 games? hope not probably probably no um i mean anything freaky can happen right like i mean anyone sure. could get hurt and have a catastrophic injury now granted it has been you know 59 65 58 52 57 so basically know what you're getting um yeah. if it's we
0: don't know right but like jimmy butler's pretty consistent
1: if it's a roto um, you're banking those good games. If it's head to head, Jimmy gets a little more. He gets a little scarier. I guess is the mm-hmm. is the word I'll use. Just because if the if the games missed happen in your playoffs, you're the crick without the paddle, right? Um, but yeah, I mean Butler's the best player on the board for me, and and again, I I think I talk about this a lot. Like this the first three rounds, I want the best guy. Jimmy Butler's probably the best guy left here. Um. I actually will maybe make a case though for going Gobert.
0: Okay.
1: And Zero. and the case is is this right? So, Gobert finished twenty third in totals last year. So ahead of Butler. Um, okay. a lot of that is on the the games played, which uh, Gobert played more. He was twenty seventh in per game value. Okay. What he does is he gives you another elite blocks guy. So you can basically forget blocks for the rest of the draft. You don't even have to look at it. Cause if you've got Van Vliet who's giving you half, that's damn good for a guard. Mm-hmm. And then you've got two of the top, what, ten blocks guys in the league?
0: It's true.
1: You also and
0: You got two of the top rebounders in the league.
1: And that's where I'm going with it, right? So you can basically say, I've got my big men and they're so elite. I don't need a big man for the rest of this. I really don't. I need to fill some guards, right? That like I don't want all guards that are getting like two rebounds a game. But as long as I get some decent guys, you know, some fours, some fives, some sixes I'm good in rebounds. I'm damn near the top, if not the top, cuz I have maybe the two best people, right? I have two of the best guys in block, so I don't have to care at all about that category. And I can really go hard then on my threes, on my steals, on my assists. I can just boom, 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 boom those picks, and I feel like you're going to have a really strong team at the end of the draft.
0: I think you could go either way here. I think if you do go that go bear route, you then have to pivot and focus completely on building up those assists, building up back the points up, building your three-pointers up, um, you're you're headed in a very specific direction.
1: I feel but like the, you
0: have two categories that no one's going to beat you. Oh, well,
1: and I feel like not only that, but like I feel like there's a lot we of do. guys in the next few rounds that are going to fill those categories. Right? We talked about some of these undervalued guys in numerous, uh, in the, the other ones we've done. Right? Uh, the you know Jordan Poole types, like the Jamal Murray types, the. All these undervalued guys that we like that were like, this ADP is way too low, they all fit the mold of the people you're gonna want. So getting Gobert here allows you to kind of basically just go down that checklist and go like, yeah, I'm gonna get this undervalued guy and this undervalued guy and this undervalued guy and this undervalued guy, and, undervalued guy, and boom, my team's stacked.
0: I like I like I like either direction, right? Like I like best player on the board or lean into it so let's just keep both of those things in mind i'm going to write down gobert i'm going to I'm, uh, as the pick i'm going to have jimmy Butler as a separate pick so we can show you that you have to go with the flow of your draft you have to go with what you, feels right and if you take one path or another path right it's going to affect what happens next you're going to win or, or, or basically you're going to i won't say win your league but like you can fail in these next few rounds, and that's where you're gonna get hurt the most if you fail to fl- go with the flow of the draft, right? So, Go Bear is gonna be our pick. We're absolutely monsters in blocks and rebounds. Our next pick's not till the forty-sixth pick. Now, I'm just—I'm uh, not gonna allow it, Tyler. Shea Gillis Alexander is sitting here at forty-five point three. I was even gonna let you round up, but I can't let you round up. And also, Shea Gillis Alexander should be going a lot higher than that that would easily be my next pick but I will tell you who is available here in the fourth round um for the third pick here De'Aaron Fox, Chris stapps CJ McCollum, Desmond Bain, Terry Rozier, Chris Middleton, Jonas Valanchunas, Brandon Ingram, Josh Giddey we're sitting here kind of in that 46 to 51 space so those guys are 51s they'll probably be available um I am definitely leaning towards a Desmond Bain or Terry Rozier.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, if if we're gonna say that um, some of these other players got picked right, that no one no one slipped, so to speak. Yeah. Um,
0: you got to play by the rules. I've, seen Zach, Le- I've be- seen Zach Levine go here. You know, like I've seen crazy stuff at pick forty-six already this season.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I would say. For me, uh, the rankings sort of break down like this. It, it would be Desmond Bain, and it would be Brandon Ingram. Um, for me personally, and we just talked about Bane Um, in another episode, right, where like probably 20 points a game, pretty pretty close. Um, some really other good stats that are gonna help us. Um. I just really like Desmond Bain's game, and he just keeps getting better. And so, like, he's, a, he's a, a weird person in this sense, right? Like, everybody's betting on all these other guys to get so much better. Cade Cunningham, you know, Scotty Barnes, and then Mobley. But no one likes Desmond Bain. That's weird to me.
0: That's really strange because he, like, showed improvement. All throughout last year with Memphis, he showed that when uh, there were injuries on the team when uh, certain players were outright, he could be relied on. Like, he does have that skill. And I I completely agree that people are like, yo, uh, Desmond Bain, who um, is, what, 24 years old? Yeah, I was right. 24 years old, who finished per game value 47th overall, is currently going 50th in ADP. Like, can he improve? Yeah.
1: Like, that's what I mean. I just I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't really get it. Like, it's not even two that he has to improve. That's the crazy part. That's the crazy part about Bane's ADP. He finished 49th in per game value last year. So you're literally saying this guy is the same person. No improvement. Or a 24 year old guy who's gotten significantly better every year like that doesn't make any sense to me doesn't yeah and here's the other thing about bane that most people don't understand this is what i think gives him maybe even some more leeway to improve than some of those other young players how many minutes per game did desmond bane play last year
0: i'm looking directly at it. it's 29.8
1: and so when we're looking at some of these other dudes um some of the ones i mentioned right Scotty Barnes is. Played 35.4 minutes a game. Can't play in any more minutes. It ain't possible. He is not doing it. It, The Evan Mobley types, right? Like, Evan Mobley played a lot of minutes, man. Scotty Barnes played a lot of minutes. Desmond Bain really didn't. He was under 30. Dude's definitely going to be over 30 this year. Probably more like 32,
0: 33. He's
1: going to have to, right? So there alone is some instant upgrade right some instant improvement so i don't get why he's getting picked there i feel like for me desmond bade should be you know, damn near the top like closer to the top 40 than 50 and even there i feel like he's a little bit of upside where he could be like a tb a third down player this year
0: um, I don't disagree. I think there's definitely like some, like you're saying, instant upside with the minutes played alone, let alone the improvement from a young player, let alone a team that's experienced playoff basketball and has now the drive to go towards a title. Um, I like his trajectory. I like the way he improved over the last year. Uh, Desmond Bain being criminally underrated. Uh, I, I think I would rather go Chris Middleton than Brandon Ingram though at 51
1: yeah I mean, the question to me still is just how how injured middleton is, right and till we get a little closer and i I realize that that's gonna knock up his a d p if we figure out like when he's actually coming back or knock down his a d p like either way you want to look at it but I don't love i don't really even like to pick a guy who's already hurt because I think. As much as we see the guy, like, beat the timetable and come back sooner, we see a a case like Zion last year where we heard, oh, yeah, he's going to be back at the beginning of the season. And then, oh, he's going to be back at the All-Star break. And then, oh, Zion didn't play a game.
0: Well, you know, I think it's a break to you, uh, listeners, but we called that one last season. Uh, During the preseason, looking at Zion, seeing the way he labored, seeing the size of Zion, by the way. Uh, you've seen the pictures already, the difference between this year and last year. A noticeable difference. Last year, we are like, I don't know if this... Uh, people were drafting him. People were drafting him high. And we were like, I don't know if he's going to play this year. I just simply stay away, stay away, stay away. I don't think Chris Middleton's injury is that severe. I would not say stay away from Chris Middleton. But definitely a pause until we get more information on Chris Middleton. I- if I, if I hear good things, uh, he's going to be back after the first week or whatever, the second week or whatever. Oh, okay, cool, great. I, I'll take Chris Middleton here easily.
1: Yeah, me too, if, if we hear that news. And this is the part people miss up about injuries. Like, you can be on pace to come back and then have a setback and miss more time. So people just assume, like, when teams say, oh, he's going to be back in four weeks, like, oh, market four weeks, exactly, he's back. That's not really how injuries work, right? Like, some guys have setbacks, some guys just heal slower than others, some guys heal faster than others. So I think it's important to just say, like, it doesn't really matter what the team says. Like, he's going to be back when he's healthy, and we don't know when that is going to be right now
0: is a torn ligament it's surgery and it's on his non-shooting hand but you need your non-shooting hand to shoot it's not the most important thing um uh, how about this the shooting hand is far more important the non-shooting hand is also pretty important in the game of basketball Uh, Especially, you know, someone as crafty as Chris Middleton as well. So um, I I, I think it is good to put the flag up for Chris Middleton. Wait and see. Hopefully there's a timetable before your draft. That would be ideal because I think I was very excited to get someone like Chris Middleton at 51 up until this injury. And, um, yeah, I, I think 51 is reasonable at this point. And now... Uh, I don't know if I'll be even drafting Chris Middleton around 51. If he falls a little bit further than that, I definitely will be drafting him. So I I can't agree more with Bain. I think Bain's the right choice here. Brandon Ingram, get that scoring up. Um, And I think, you know, your maneuver with Rudy Gobert early, right? We're not worried about centers. We're not looking at Christian Wood or John Collins here or even Jonas Valanciunas, who we we both like. Uh, We're not worried about that at all. We got Gobert in the third round. Now we're just building our team. Bain, Ingram, both good scorers, both really good across the board, good percentages. We're still probably the best team right now in blocks and rebounds, right? But our assists now are um, probably in the top three, right? With um, with Bain and Middleton and Fred Van Fleet. Um, I, like our per- I like our percentage as well. I think our free throw percentage is back up from the hit that we took with Gobert. Same with our points. But our field goal percentage is, uh, is through the roof right now. And we got two more picks. Pick 70 and pick 75. Let's see who's available pick 70. Tyler, Alfred Segun, D'Angelo Russell, Jalen Green on Houston over there, Paolo Bencero, uh, Jakob Potl, Clint Capella, Keldon Johnson, Tyler Hero, Wendell Carter Jr., Draymond Green, Jeremy Grant, Ben Simmons, Buddy Hill, Franz Wagner, Andrew Wiggins, Jamal Murray, uh, who we've banned from who do I draft? Because of course we're always taking Jamal Murray here in the um, you know what, what are we in the, the sixth round? Yeah, the sixth seventh round. Take Jamal Murray. All uh, Al Horford is down here. Devin Vassell. Um, that's that's who we got to pick from, Tyler. And we've built a pretty nice team. We can lean one way. We can lean a different way. But quite frankly, when I'm looking at these players, none of them truly stand out to me other than Jamal Murray. Um, and that's kind of why I don't like picking in the third pick, is that there is this pretty steep drop-off after pick 70.
1: Oh, I just think that they have some people rated here that probably shouldn't necessarily be rated here, um, which is okay, right? Um, yeah, sure. I feel, I feel like uh, there's just some better values a little bit further down, so uh, that's probably what I'm going to do.
0: That's um, the time to reach.
1: I would also say too that this, is and we're gonna get, we're gonna maybe pick a guy here that you you hated on, right? the Mike the mic hate was real, uh, on the last episode. Um, the guy that I would be looking at here that's not named Jamal Murray, that's not named Jeremy Grant, who's picked in a couple of these, would be mm-hmm.
0: D'Angelo Russell. Oh, okay, and um, yeah, that, I was proven wrong. In the last episode, I was like, eh, I don't really, I don't relate to uh, D'Angelo Russell. He kind of pisses me off. Uh, it's because he shoots like shit and he really does ruin your field goal percentage. And once again, I don't want to ruin my field goal percentage right now. We have great field goal percentage. But I'm a roto player. I really care about that kind of stuff. Those things matter. All you got to do in your head-to-head league is just beat, you know, the, 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 the three guys who are punting and the other three guys who forgot to look at percentages who are just kind of mediocre. All you got to shoot is like 49%. You probably beat nine out of the 12 players.
1: Well, and here's the other thing you can do in head-to-head leagues that people don't realize. It's like guys get you get hard off your points, right? When they get hard off for points, what they have to do is they have to grab someone off the waiver wire who scores. The guys on the waiver wire that score shoot really terrible field goal percentages to get it. Mm -hmm. What that does then is it makes a a big volume and gives them a very bad percentage. So you can take a guy like Russell here and still basically win field goal percentage every week because, yeah, Russell's bad, but you got some good guys already, And if you get some more points, you kind of don't have to search for points on the waiver wire. You don't have to go for that terrible field goal percentage.
0: Fair. But, like, the reason D'Angelo Russell truly works here, right, is that he might be playing that role of, like, I'm grabbing a a bad field goal percentage guy and I'm getting the points that I want. He's going to give you seven assists. Those guys off the waiver wire are not going to give you seven assists.
1: Well, we're going to give you, like, two.
0: Yeah. if ho- Hopefully, they get you two. Uh, and what D'Angelo Russell does here is give us that extra boost, where we're already pretty good assists here. It gives us a boost to being, like, a top three assist guy. Like, it allows us to leverage Fiv, Fleet, Bain, um, and, and Ingram's like, you know, five to six assists, right? We were fine. We were okay. Gobert didn't give us as much assist. Uh, Embiid does give us good assists for a center, right? So we were good, good. And then one very good guy. Now we have two very good guys, two plus seven guys, right? And so that, that helps a lot, even though we have to sacrifice a little of our field goal. You got Embiid, you got Gobert. Like those are, those guys are really good to, you know, boost your field goal percentage pretty high. Um, we haven't had to worry about rebounds because we're dominating everybody in rebounds, so it doesn't matter that D'Angelo only gets three. Um, our steals are, I'd say, you know, with you with, when you look at Bain, um, he's got about one. Well, oh, hold on, I looked at the wrong guy. He's giving me over one a game. Uh, and Bead's giving you good steals, and then Fred VanVleet's giving you elite steals, close to two steals a game. Um I'd say we're like really competing in all in, in every category.
1: Yeah, we got a nice kind of solid squad here and and I think it would have been, you know, made a little bit better by a guy like Jamal Murray, but like, you know, they guys are gonna catch on, right? Like at some point we by the time your draft gets here, like people could be realizing that Jamal Murray's definitely a top fifty player and then you're not picking Jamal Murray here. And so to get a guy like D'Angelo Russell, who's got some nice value baked in himself, like it's a good kind of plan B to the plan A of taking Jamal Murray because his ADP is wrong.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think we're, by the time we get to your drafts, you're going to get Jamal Murray that late. But maybe you will. I hope you do. Uh, pick 75, who do you want with your last pick here before we call it? But
1: you're not even going to read the names, huh? All
0: right. Uh, all right. I already, I already read you the names. It's all the same guys. Who we got down here at 75? All right. Uh, I'm not even going to give you Kelvin or Tyler Hero. Wendell Carter Jr., Draymond, Jeremy Grant. That's good. I don't Ray want Kelvin
1: or Tyler Hero,
0: anyways. Um, that's great. Franz <laughs> Wagner, Colin Sexton, Al Horford, Devin Vassil. I wish his name was Devin Vassil. Um, Keegan Murray. Oh, uh, maybe maybe uh, reach on a rookie. Unlike oh, no, no,
1: no, no. Let's not let's not get crazy. I've done some drugs, but not those. Um, I think maybe you should take this pick because I think you've got a guy that you want to make a case for, and I think the listeners deserve to hear the case. So let's hear it.
0: All right, Well, we you got have a man
1: here that you like that I I'm skeptical on. So maybe you can convince me on why I should pick this man.
0: Mm. I wonder who you're thinking I'm thinking about. Alright, well... I'm looking at this kind of... This crew, right? I got Gobert. I got Bane. I got... um, I'm pretty... I I would say I'm pretty set across the board, right? I'm not, like... I'm not, like, hurting... Anywhere. I don't need... I'd say I don't need rebounds, so Wendell Carter is out. Um, I think... I mean, if I wanted to boost my points, maybe I'd go Sexton. But there's a guy. I'm I'm willing to take a, ta- a chance on this season. Um, even though. Even though he didn't finish that well last season, I'm willing to take a chance on this guy. He improved uh, throughout last season. I, I actually just think he's a really really good player. Uh, we got Franz Wagner sitting here, and Franz Wagner is 21 years old now we might i might be a little early and i've been known to be a little bit early on guys where i'm like oh this guy's gonna be great and then it takes like two more years for it to happen and i've given up on him right this i could be coming down with the same symptoms of like yo know, franz wagner's ready to break out and really he needs like another year or two and with orlando kind of being in flux maybe you know maybe you should not listen to me pick franz wagner but i think this guy is absolutely um fantastically dominant like i think he's going to be really 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 good he's got really good he's got great percentages he's a decent across the board he's a guy who can get you half a block he's going to get uh, hopefully he can bump those steals up a game he needs to get the assists up he needs to get the rebounds up but i like the points and i i do think he even with Paolo Banchero in orlando i think franz wagner is the number the the number one good uh by the end of the season, the number one go-to player on Orlando. He should be anyway. He's that
1: good. Here's my my question. Ready for my question of the day? Sure. What can Franz Wagner do that Jeremy Grant isn't going to do?
0: That's fair. Um, Play uh, four to five more minutes a game. Kenny?
1: I mean, I, I don't know. But, like, it, that's shoot, my point. Shoot
0: like,
1: 46%? Okay, maybe. Um, but that's my point. It's like, I, I get loving young people. And I think this is an important lesson for everyone in the draft. I love Franz Wagner's game. I think he's really, really good. Right? But his best case scenario probably reads something like this. Would you agree? Maybe, maybe, maybe he gets you 20 points a game.
0: Okay.
1: Fair, right? But like, he's not getting you 25. There's no way.
0: No, no.
1: And even 20 is a stretch.
0: 20 is a stretch. He, absolutely.
1: That's why I'm saying this is the best case. I think this is the absolute best he could possibly do, right? 20. Maybe, you say, he plays a few more minutes, he gets a few more rebounds, but they've obviously added some bigs, so that's important to remember. That's true. Right? So, I would say best case scenario in the rebounds is five and a half. Okay. Sis, Maybe he handles the ball a little bit more. Maybe there's a few more minutes. Maybe he gets you four. Right? Very nice. Maybe he gets you uh, 1.1 steals and 0.6 blocks. Sound good, right? Sure. Probably not much more than a three pointer and a half, but maybe he goes crazy and gives you two. Just I mean say he gets, he gets wild. You I mean got to remember, too, though, the more threes you got, the worse your Worst field your, percentage, probably. The
0: worse your field percentage you so, certainly.
1: So, a balancing act there, right? Yeah, the free throw percentage is going to be good, but what's the volume going to be? Not going to be going to the line 10 times a game, is he? Like, maybe four? Not not great volume. Yeah. Now I'm talking best-case scenario. Now yeah. we look at a guy like Jeremy Grant, like, a lot of those numbers are... That I read you are basically what Jeremy Grant did last year for the Pistons.
0: It is what he's already doing. right,
1: <laughs> right? And so like why bet on this thing so much better when you could just have the guy who does that shit.
0: Not wrong, Tyler. You're not wrong. I just uh I think we're gonna pick D'Angelo Russell, Jeremy Grant, uh Jamal Murray. We're gonna pick them every single time. But that's cause those are the right players to pick, right? Those are the guys you should be targeting in these drafts. Um, I'm actually really surprised Tobias Harris is going 66th overall. Because like, that's like getting Tobias Harris like around his face value. Like He'd be a great pick down at 75-80, but uh, he's way up there at 66. Uh, and I like Tobias Harris a little bit more than I like uh, Jeremy Grant, simply because I'm a Roto guy. I like the percentages, right? You're not wrong. There are some really intriguing guys down here. There are boring guys who are already doing it. Horford already doing everything across the board. A lot of people are ignoring him until pick eighty six. an interesting
1: uh, an interesting two picks, maybe if you if you need some scoring would be Sexton and Buddy Hield. Um, those are two guys maybe that like in this mix that I'm looking at, a little bit for certain builds and we'll probably talk about in some of the other builds where like I do kind of need some points if I do kind of need some points
0: like I could see myself picking Colin Sexton in this range yeah or Buddy Hill and I think Buddy Hill has the potential to have a really nice season in Indiana Um but like with it, starting with Embiid at 30 points a game right even though we went Van Fleet in the second round and Gobert in the third round right so that we did diminish our points. So maybe you do want to go points here. We built those points back up with Bain and with Ingram in the fifth round. D'Angelo Russell in the seventh round, building those points back up, building the assists back up. Jeremy Grant, with our last pick. Maybe Sexton, maybe Buddy Heal, but with Jeremy Grant with the last round. I hate to break it to you. We're building similar teams simply because these are the right guys to fit in the roles that we're looking for, right? Embiid is so dominant across the board. Those points... With him and Gobert, rebounds, blocks, you're good. You're, field, field goal percentage, you're good. You're going to win those. Now build the other side of that equation. Fred Van Fleet, Bain, Ingram doing everything across the board, Grant doing everything across the board, Russell another point guard. You're probably going to be competing in almost almost every category For uh, and then winning blocks and rebounds outright and probably even points out, uh, pretty close to points out, right? Um, Depending on, I guess, depending on the the other builds, if you're listening to the other Who Do I drafts, uh, you're going to be competing in every category every single week. And it makes you a very versatile team.
1: Yeah, and there's a counter to that, right? Like, some guys will tell you, um, build your team, especially in head-to-head leagues. Like, just be dominant in five categories and then piss the other ones
0: off. Um, Pump four away. Pump four away.
1: If you do that, right, like you got zero what I like to call margin for error, right? And that is, you know, maybe your thing is points, right? And and you're elite in points. You got to win points every week to win your week because you suck at whatever three categories. And so you got to win five to three every single week. And one of them is points. Then you go up against... I don't know. Buddy healed, and for whatever reason, Buddy healed has forty-five. And then maybe he's got another guy that he picked with his last pick that gives him a thirty-point game, a <laughs> freaky off night. And then before long, you're losing points, even though that's one of the categories you got to win. And then you're sitting at home in the playoffs, going like, "I guess I'm out." So I don't like to build that way. Like I like to give myself a chance to win almost every category or every category because if i have a chance then i can look at the guy i'm facing and go like all right i gotta figure out a way to win this category this category this category
0: this category because you can you can play the week and you can play the opponent instead of i hope my punt strategy works this week right like i hope everything goes to plan everything's not going to go to plan can adjust during the season with a team like this. You can say, hey, I'm gonna win uh blocks, I'm gonna win rebounds. I'm not even I'm not even worried about that. Maybe this guy's good at rebounds too. Alright, well then I go seek a couple of rebounds off the waiver wire and I put him to bed. I can adjust on the fly I can adjust during the week with my waiver wire pickups because you should be doing that anyway. And you can pivot to uh towards that other team's weaknesses because you're good at really all of the categories. Yes, and that's that's
1: more my strategy. So, um, you're never really gonna ever hear me go like, "Oh yeah, just forget these four categories." Like that's a mistake. Don't do that. Do not do that.
0: I agree. Don't do that. I think that's it for who do I draft with Joel, Embiid, Tyler. Where can people find you on Twitter? You
1: can find me on Twitter at Tyler P Watts.
0: You can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, rate, review us, or check us out on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Watching the Boxes, where you can get who do i drafts written out for you for for free it's on patreon if you're really cool you can help support the show if you find this valuable um that's nice thank you i'm glad you find this valuable I'll sign up to be a patreon help support the show uh we love all you very much uh, all you listeners all you patrons you're all great and we'll be back with another who do i draft very soon to help you until next time Take it easy stay safe